This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. Hey, you know, before we start, I just want to plug uh, Breaking Bad, by the way, as a TV show. You know, my, my wife and I, we finished watching the latest season of that yesterday, and holy shit, it may be the best television show I've ever seen. I have heard uh, many similar things yeah. about Breaking Bad. Damn, it's good, but... That was pretty much my week, was finishing a Breaking Bad and playing Final Fantasy XIII 2. How about you? Yeah, all I did was play Final Fantasy XIII 2 and drink heavily, um, mostly by myself because no one loves me. Uh, but outside of that, well, no, there's no outside of that. It was really just video games and drinking, uh, which you know, Great. Has, be- has become my life recently. <laughs> Yeah, I would say uh, I would say, listener, if uh, if you have absolutely no desire to play or listen to anything Final Fantasy related, this probably won't be the show for you because I would think that's all we're going to talk about today. That's so cute. You called it a show. I don't know what else I was supposed to call it. I you weren't supposed to call it anything, but you chose to call it a show. So, what do you um, think of Final Fantasy thirteen too? Well, all right, let's let's talk to the listener for a second about Final Fantasy thirteen real fast. It's a JRPG, which is which stands for Japanese RPG, right? Yeah, I think it's kind of a. Uh, I, I mean, I I think that's kind of a pet term for it. I don't think it's an actual genre of game. I guess maybe it yeah. kind of is. Yeah, it's kind of a nickname. It's kind of a nickname. So uh, yeah, it's a JRPG, which which means, and I don't even really know exactly what it means, but it kind of means that it's very Japanese RPG ish. It's different than American games. You're not going to get like a Skyrim or a Fable experience from this game. I think um, the the difference between Japanese role-playing games and and your Western role-playing games are oftentimes the the Japanese role-playing games are more concerned with telling like a linear story. They're kind of there to... um, Like the the creators of the game have like an idea in mind. They've got a a narrative that they want to get across and you're kind of along for the ride a little bit. In those, whereas yes. games, whereas traditional Western role-playing games, there's a lot of choice involved. You're kind of given the ability to go at the story at your own pace. Um, there's probably branching points in the stories and things like that. Um, and so, oftentimes, the stories feel uh, a little less cohesive. I think in Western role-playing games than in Japanese role-playing games. I don't think that you know, obviously. One's not better than the other. It's just kind of a personal preference thing. But I've always been drawn to the stories of games, and so yeah. for me, the the Japanese role playing games are kind of are kind of my my favorite role playing games. Your cup of tea, right? At least so. in the past. Yeah. Yes, but many people are very anti JRPG. That's true. There, there, some people are not into it. Um, and Final Fantasy thirteen was very JRPG. Now you said in a, a previous podcast. That you're not a huge fan of some of the the voice acting in thirteen, but what did you think of the overall story? Um, I the, I thought the story in thirteen was quite good. Um, okay. If there was one thing I liked, in fact, that's probably the thing I liked the most about the game is the story. I thought that it, I mean, other than it being a little convoluted at certain points, it was for the most part a pretty good narrative. I mean, it was it's a better story than I've seen in many other video games that I've played recently. I mean, I can't. Yeah. Well, certainly a better story than Final Fantasy XII. Right. And I mean, which, it's, 
and it scratches and it scratches that itch of you need to save the world you know like no game no games do that better than japanese role-playing games where the entire world rests on the shoulders of you four to six people i mean that's just that's another characteristic of Japanese role-playing games. So it kind of scratched that itch of being, like, total badass that saves the world. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that. And and now I have to ask, did Final Fantasy XII have a story? I totally lost track when you go to that ice area and nothing happens. <laughs> it's one of the worst, worst storylines in any game. Well, Final Fantasy XIII, the story is quite good. Um, and if our listener hasn't played it, uh, go play it. It's really fun. Um, but one of the major complaints about the gameplay is that the first 20 hours is, it's not just a tutorial, but really, there's, there's, it's so linear. It's linear to the point of fault, I think. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're pretty much just walking down corridors the entire time in the first game. Yeah, in, it's... In Final Fantasy thirteen. It's awful. And what I like about Final Fantasy thirteen too is I don't, I haven't gotten that once. Have you? No, um, I... I Certainly not. I think that that is definitely to the game's credit. I think that they probably listened to all of the complaints that everybody that everybody lobbied against the game, and they said, "Okay, we're just going to give you exactly what you want." So, boom, here it is. And not only that, you're you pretty much get all of the systems in the game handed to you within the first two hours, and then yeah. it's just like, "Hey, here you go, have fun." So that's kind of great too. Um, they you don't spend a ton of time holding your hand and, and making you learn it at their pace, which, you know, back in Final Fantasy thirteen, not only did it take 20 hours to kind of open up the game at all, but you were literally still unlocking uh, unlocking stuff in the basic battle systems. Yeah. At 20 yeah. hours in. And, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. So It, it was like, it wasn't that complicated of a combat system or, I mean, none of it was hard. You know, the fact that you couldn't go shopping until eight hours into the game? Yeah. It's like, really? You don't think I? You don't think after 13 games in the series, I don't understand how to buy and sell potions? You also couldn't level up your character for like five hours in. Yeah. Seriously. So that, well, that was ludicrous. Why well, haven't gotten that? Well, let's take turns making observations about Final Fantasy 13 too, because I'm sure we both have a lot to say about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what, well... Why don't you give me your overall impression of the game? Um, you, we talked a little bit before the show. You're about 12 hours in. I am. I think I'm. I've my clock's at about 24, um, and I can say that I'm. I'm at the end of the game at this You're point. You're sure, definitively. Yeah. I well, the last episode is called the last episode. <laughs> so, unless unless there's something deceptive going on. Um, you know, points for unoriginality, I guess. But yes, it's called the last episode. So yes, it is the last episode. It is the last thing in the game. My overall impression of the game is, uh, and since our listener can't respond to these questions, I'll ask them to you. Do you like Chrono Trigger? I do. Did you like Final Fantasy Thirteen? Yes. And do you like Pokemon? Yes, of course. Who doesn't? Then you would love Final Fantasy Thirteen too, because it is Chrono Trigger meets Pokemon in Final Fantasy XIII's world. Okay. That's so, how I feel about it. So tell me your experience with the game so far. I love it. I love the hell out of this game. You know, I got I got The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword two months ago, and I, I cannot bring myself to play it. I've played like two or three hours, and every time I put it, I cannot, like, I don't want to go back and play it. Final Fantasy XIII, too, every day, 
literally, I've just been like, all right, what do I need to get done today so that I can play Final Fantasy XIII too? I, I haven't even been watching Doctor Who on Netflix. And that's, like, what I do. That's <laughs> my favorite TV show. I, I watch it every day religiously, and I haven't even watched it in, like, a week because all I do is play this game. So I love it. I think it's fun. I think it's engaging. I, I love the music, although I will get into that later because I know not everybody does. Um, you know, the characters are likable, and they do the sequel right. They, they call back some characters, they have the cameos, you know, they didn't pull a Chrono Cross where they killed the entire cast of the original game in the first ten minutes and then have you play as some other schmuck in some other world. No, they put you right back in the world without reusing too many environments, because it's another pitfall that sequels can fall into, um, especially in role-playing games, is you just revisit the exact same areas. And that, that really doesn't happen because... The areas you do revisit are are introduced and transformed in such a way that makes them almost new. Um, I feel like it's a fresh game. It's fast-paced. It's high energy. Um, it keeps my attention. And, yeah, honestly, the only drawback so far for me has been some of the cutscenes with dialogue have interrupted the gameplay. And I like playing it, which is interesting because there are some games that you play more for the story where you almost are just kind of pushing through some crappy gameplay to get to the story elements, uh, like in Deus Ex, for example. Sure. But this game, no. So that's how I feel about it. Maybe it's just because I'm a fanboy and I love Final Fantasy games. Although I did hate 12, so I I guess that's not entirely true. What do you think? You know, I I think think there's there's probably a lot of bias towards (laughs) this game just... Just in the sense that, you know, we grew up with Final Fantasy. And so it's like, you want to like it so much. Um, But as somebody who plays a lot of video games, I'm finding it less enjoyable, definitely, than you. Um, Less enjoyable how? I I think probably my biggest complaint. Again, the, the story thus far, while it is incredibly convoluted and just gets more so as you progress through the game to the point where at this at this point it characters motives don't make sense to me but there's at least a there's at least a uh, an effort i guess for a story i mean it's obvious that they are that they're going for something interesting and i can respect that yeah. whether they achieve that or not but my biggest complaint about this game and i can uh, the only way i can i can explain it is to also explain in, in terms of Final Fantasy XIII, is that the difficulty of this game is far too easy. Now, I think here's what I think happened. I think that you know this game came out a year, a year and a half after thirteen did. So they okay. and thirteen took seven years to make. So they obviously did not spend nearly as much time with this game. That's fine. I mean, they were using. They didn't have to create create art assets from the ground up they just reused a bunch they Mm -hmm. didn't have to create an entirely new graphics engine they just used a previous one so uh, a lot of those years of development were those things that they could just reuse here's what i think happened though i think that they had such a backlash to final fantasy 13 that they said oh my gosh we need to radically change everything to the opposite end of the spectrum with this game but people liked the battle system in 13 so we, mm-hmm. need to, we need to keep that. And I think that when they tried to open the game up and not create such a linear story, 
they didn't balance the game with their own battle system. So suddenly you've got all of these options, you've got all of these places to go, you can you can do them in different orders, which is completely unlike 13. But one of the great things about Final Fantasy 13 was because they held your hand like that, the game was always engaging in terms of difficulty to me. Like, there, it was a game that rewarded, rewarded proper like use of their of their battle system like the faster you killed stuff the more rewards you would get for them and if you didn't pay attention if you just tried to do the same thing over and over again in battle enemies could kill you normal fights could kill you that's fair there is no possibility that normal fights can kill you in this game the highlight the highlight of this of of these games is this is this paradigm system that's the whole that's the whole battle system and if you've listener if you've never played final fantasy 13 or 13 2 basically the best way i've ever heard it described is you are no longer the instruments in the orchestra you are now the conductor mm-hmm. so you are not dictating exactly what your characters are doing for the most part. You can if you want, but it's not an efficient way at all to play the game. Uh, Instead, you are assigning them roles. And there are six different roles that you can assign them, and they can be switched out pretty much on the fly. You've got six sets of paradigms, and your paradigm is an individual role for each of the characters in your party, Mm -hmm. and you switch between them. Um... And the the switch is instantaneous. Like you just you know, click it, and you're you're suddenly doing new things. So, depending on the flow of battle, you can constantly be switching back and forth, and it's great. I, I mean, it just it keeps you engaged normally. It keeps you it keeps you engaged in the in the battles. But yeah. with this game, I find myself able to settle into a paradigm. For instance, I've got two commandos and a ravager. I have started ninety percent of my battles with that not moved off of that paradigm maybe 95 percent and won the battle and gotten five stars and which is the the highest ranking you can get in the fight every single time so i literally feel like i am just walking like walking forward and exploring and hitting a like that it, it, it is so you mean the x button it is so unengaged like it is it is, does not engage me at all now, um, at what point did things start to be a pushover for you because i have died a few times I, I have yet to die, and here's what happened. Um, you know, you, you asked if I liked Pokemon, and, and the reason is because one of the great things they introduced in this game, and one of the things that I really like, is this, the, I don't know what the actual system's called, but it's basically monster collecting. It's the Pokemon system. So instead of having a third-party member, you have your choice of monsters that you capture throughout the course of the game. Each monster has one specific role, and you can have three different monsters, uh, that you can choose paradigms from. So while this seems, you know, it actually, you'd think that would open it up, but they actually end up limiting your choices by doing this because your third character is one of three different roles rather than being one of six roles, which it was in Final Fantasy 13. So you actually have less options. Well, although to be fair, cause I've thought about that, but in Final Fantasy 13, like every character had really three primary roles and then the three secondary roles were much weaker versions. Like, if you put Vanille in your party and she's a commando, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good because her, her strengths are in the Ravager and Synergist roles and Medic roles. 
uh, or sorry, Ravage or Saboteur in, in medic roles. So, like, yes, technically you could eventually develop Commando, but for the most part in the first game, you really had three to choose from. Well, I, the, I mean, the, the, game, the game has attacks in both the Commando and Ravager roles, though, for magic characters. Yeah. So, and, and as well for physical characters. And so, like, when, when you've got a character using Ruin, for instance, that's basically a physical attack based on their magic stat. So I, right. dis- I disagree. I think that they're, they're fine commandos, because those abilities do a ton of damage. I haven't fully developed the Crystrarium for all the characters in the first game, but, I mean, does Vanille learn things like Blitz and Ruinga and all the skills? Well, she learns, the- she learns uh, Ruin and Ruinga. So, uh, I mean, those... That is basically her. That's area. all she needs. Okay, that's, that yeah, that's sense. her area of attack of effect attack. Okay, you know, um, so they do. Getting back to this, they so you do, think they limit? Yeah. Well, they do, but it's and it's like an artificial limitation, and it's not that limiting because you're because each monster is incredibly different. Even monsters that are within the same roles have very different abilities, and they've got a lot of passive abilities. So. It really gives you it gives you a feeling of differentiation between these different monsters. Mm-hmm. That's great. The problem, though, is that in getting back to the difficulty thing that I was talking about, about halfway through the game, you're in a tower, and there's a bunch of mechanical monsters. And one of the mechan- mechanical monsters that I fought uh, joined my party. Mm-hmm. And monsters come in three different varieties. They can be early peaker monsters, so they max out at level 20, but their stats go up incredibly quickly. Yeah. There are well-grown monsters that can go up to level 40 and uh, their stats grow at like a moderate pace. And then there's late bloomer monsters and the late bloomer monsters, they can go up to level. I want to see either 70 or 99. I have yet to max out. I believe it's past level 70. Yeah. I have yet to max out any of their love, any of their levels, but they, their stats grow much more slowly. Um, But I think that their, their peak is probably a lot higher than either of the other two classes. Mm-hmm. So I found this monster that was an early peaker monster. And I developed the monster up to level 20 immediately. And it had, and then I infused another monster. Because one of the other things you can do that's really neat is you can basically eat your other monsters. <laughs> and yeah. you transfer passive abilities and possibly active abilities. Um, so I infused him with another commando. So I had this super commando halfway through the game. And to give you an idea, I think Noel, my, your main commando character, I think he had about 200 strength. And this monster had 590 strength. And it was doing roughly 2,000 hit points of damage. And to put it into context, I think monsters around that time had about 5,000. And that was with one attack. So like I was just tearing through stuff. And it, it didn't get any harder. Nothing got any harder. None of the monsters got any harder. Even as I progressed through the game, none of the monsters got any harder. So this one monster I had in my party just carved up everything. And you know, the, the argument could be made, oh, just don't use that monster. Well, the, the point is, is that it's, it's there. It's there to use. And the game should be balanced around, I think, good game design should say like says that the game should be balanced around the possibility of you getting this monster in your party. Yeah. You know, there there shouldn't be a way to break the game. And like I said, I really think it's because they in 13 they crafted such a linear experience mm-hmm. that they could dictate completely the difficulty because 
they just put artificial limitations on your characters. You can't you can't develop your your characters' levels past this point in thirteen. Like the only at the end of certain chapters would you be able to then move further in your leveling process. Yeah. So they could artificially cap how good your characters characters could become. And when you do that, obviously you can tune the monster's difficulty around that. They don't do that in this game. And you know you can take that for what for what you will. That's great that you now have the ability to to develop your characters the way that you want and at the pace that you yeah. want. But it completely negates any amount of difficulty that the game would have. So the only way that they can find difficulty, and the only way that I'm finding difficulty of the game, is if some random rare monster shows up that is tuned to be incredibly difficult for even high-level characters. And instead of being a five-second battle that you win, it's a battle that you die in 20 seconds. Yeah. And it's, it's like literally impossible to win. So let me ask you a question. So have you beaten emerald and ruby weapons from final fantasy 7 yes okay so for our listener in case you've not played final fantasy 7 first of all welcome to 1990 and what the hell is wrong with you uh second of all um those are two incredibly powerful monsters that you should not be able to beat without an excessive amount of leveling now when you do that excessive amount of leveling the last time i beat them i was around level 94 or something out of 100, so you pretty much can't get stronger. And I beat them. But my reward for one of the... Not necessarily rewards, but one of the side perks of grinding and just leveling and just powering up your characters is that then you can go into a battle and just ruin anyone you come across. I mean, I beat Sephiroth in like three hits one time. And I, as a gamer like the reward of if you invest this amount of time or strategy or what have you, you can kind of tear through enemies. Um, so I get what you're saying about the lack of difficulty in Final Fantasy thirteen too, And I, I do think there's a bit of an imbalance because I'm not, I also am not fully utilizing the paradigm system. Now there have been some battles where I have to switch around a lot, but, but there are also some, like you were talking about, where I stay in the same paradigm. But I take a, a degree of enjoyment out of knowing I can go into a battle and the target time to beat that battle is maybe a minute and a half and I beat it in like nine seconds. Now, I don't want to I don't want to cut through every battle like a hot knife through butter, but to me there's there's something of a reward there. Do you do you get that at all or uh, did it just come too early that you can't appreciate or or uh, really enjoy that part of it? It's one thing to the thing is there's there's no risk like there's no like there's no sure you 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 know there's a difference between five stars and four stars and you get better items if you five star a battle compared to a four star but there's no risk like there's like there's no like if there's no risk of dying so what's the point of even doing it other than because now you're now you're leveling up your characters to to do what like to what end? that makes sense to, that makes sense to to beat battles even faster when you're already beating battles quickly. I mean, like there's at, at least in, in 13, the, the, ba- the normal battles were difficult. And then there were some incredibly difficult encounters mm-hmm. um, that you really had to basically max everything out. So in order, in order to approach, okay. but normal encounters still had a degree of difficulty and a degree of risk involved. And you like that. So you, you don't like, you know, you don't ever sit back and smile to yourself and say, dude, I just ruined these guys' shit in, like, four seconds. 
No, that's fine, but with the frequency of battles that are going on, and granted, you can avoid them mm-hmm. in this game, nice. and, and you could in 13 as well, but with the frequency of battles going on, it just gets boring. It gets, te- it gets very tedious. And why am I playing a game if I'm not going to be challenged in some way by that it? That makes sense. Um, well, you know, I, I've, so I've played through Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII, on the PlayStation Portable. Okay. Uh, and all that you were talking about this difficulty was really interesting to me because Crisis Core did almost exactly what Final Fantasy XIII 2 did. Uh, now, I don't remember a lot about Crisis Core, but it had some kind of development system that let you... It was similar to junctioning materia, or, uh, junctioning magic in um, Final Fantasy VIII, where you could kind of level up your spells and things of that nature. Um, well, the limit to leveling up your spells was, let's say, hypothetically, you could get 99 Ultima's Junction to something. Okay? okay? So I'm going through the game, I'm progressing, I'm trying to level up my materia, I'm trying to develop my materia. I get my materia to, like, maybe level 30 or 40, and I tear through the entire second half of the game. Like, ruin everyone, to the point where the final boss took, like, six hits or something. And I had only used maybe a third of the potential of my growth. I hadn't even grown that much. But I knew there were several missions in the game that I didn't get to because they have side, all these side missions you can do. Several dozen side missions. Uh, so I know with that game, what it seemed like Square Enix was doing was not gearing the difficulty towards the story at all, but gearing all of it to the side quests and the optional bosses and the optional content. Uh, and they did that a bit in Final Fantasy XIII as well, because if you leveled enough, you could get through the end boss pretty quickly. But then if you do all of the quests, all the Seathstone missions, I mean, I got to like, I got maybe two-thirds through them. And then I was like, I cannot do this. You know what I mean? So perhaps in Final Fantasy XIII too, you'll reach a point where they unlock a Colosseum or some other time zone where the monsters start to just get ludicrously difficult. And your, you know, your, your hot knife through butter party that you have right now isn't going to cut it so much. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but I, I mean... But we'll see. I don't... Suddenly, suddenly, though, you're talking about now about playing 30 hours worth of story to get to optional stuff after that, which was the main criticism of 13 to begin with. Was it? Well, the fa- the fact that you had to get so far before the game opened up at all. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. You had to, you know, you had to invest so much time before the game started to get fun in a game sense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you know, I I don't know. Like, I guess it it really is my biggest criticism of the game because it it has taken so much of the fun away from the game. The fact that there's no risk to anything. Yeah. And I mean, the the bosses in 13, there were some really difficult bosses. I don't know if you remember fighting Sid, for instance. Oh, gosh. Oh, don't remind me. Yeah, super hard fight, normal story fight. Great fun, though. Because it was, you know, you, you awesome sense of accomplishment after you finished that fight. That's true. I, I have not had anything challenge me. So there's been no sense of accomplishment at all. That's true. And I feel like I, feel like I haven't had to make any interesting choices with my characters to determine like to make a fight any easier for myself you know what i mean yeah i understand okay so i think this is very interesting to me because i think uh we're learning a distinct difference between your style of gaming and my style of gaming uh because you would prefer the linearity of final fantasy 13 
because it also presents a challenge along the way. You know what to expect, but you also are being pushed to fight. Whereas I really like the freedom of Final Fantasy XIII too. Uh, even though it can be easy at times combat-wise, I like the ability to literally just walk into room A or room B. Because that didn't exist in Final Fantasy XIII. It was a straight line. But I don't think the two things are mutually exclusive. I don't think you have to either have a, a well-tuned experience that's linear or a not well-tuned experience that's open. I don't think that the two have to... You, oh, yeah, of course not. No, of course not. You know, uh, there's there's a normal and an easy option for difficulty in this game. Why? <laughs> oh, that's you know, right. You know, that's, I forgot. A, a completely silly, ar- arbitrary thing to, to talk about, but there's a, like there's a difficulty option. Why even bother with it? You know, they could have they could have easily done done something where they had monsters level up with you, like some other games have have done, and that would keep the game engaging for the majority of the game. Yeah, Polo you know? Final Fantasy VIII. Sure, absolutely, and say I mean say what you will, but there there are other games that that do that 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 then makes combat at least interesting throughout the course of the game. Yeah. As opposed to having it be uninteresting for a majority of the game. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I just don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I think you can have both. I think they probably just, they swung the pendulum too far the other way, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It just, it's just interesting to me that, um, you know, you, you only have one in Final Fantasy 13 and you only have the other in Final Fantasy 13 too. And you, you seem to, to prefer the one, Whereas I think I'm leaning towards preferring the other, but but sure. I, I like the story in both of them. Yeah, if I I mean if I have to choose between the two, mm-hmm. like in terms of the of the way that the game is structured, I would prefer thirteen. I would. Cool. Um, just well, because, I, yeah, go ahead. yeah, the, the gameplay just ends up being more fun to me in that sense. All right. Well, I hope it gets harder. I hope something ha- now. Will you play it past the ending? Because because didn't you try to get one of the Ultima weapons in in thirteen? I did. In uh, that. Now, I mean, that entails at least 10 or 20 hours beyond beating the game, right? Uh, Well, it's mostly just killing this one, kind of the one big bad, you know? Over and over. Yes. Yeah, so would will you invest some time after you've beaten 13-2 if, if you believe there's some challenge to be presented? It depends on how compelling the side stuff is, I think. Because, I mean, I haven't really, you know, explored any of the side quests or anything, which we can talk about that. We can talk about some of the side stuff in, in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. um, it just depends on how interesting they make that stuff. Um, the story, like I said, is very convoluted, um, but it's at least interesting. Oh, yes. I love it. Yeah, it's at least interesting. So that that is compelling me to complete the game. If the story was bad, I can tell you that I probably wouldn't even play it. Wow. Because uh, that's just how boring the actual gameplay is. <laughs> the gameplay, yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I find myself I, I find myself in a in a different yet semi similar experience that I had with Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. Where where you love the world, you love the environment, but the gameplay is a little eh. Yeah. Exactly. Well, here are a couple things uh, that I do dislike about the game. The menu isn't as pretty as it used to be. <laughs> okay. Do you remember the status screen for every character? It was so beautiful, and now it's just a 3D, uh, it just shows their wireframe, and shows their character, and you can yeah. rotate it. That's, that's interesting. No, lame. I think it's stupid, but what I do like about it is the fact that you can accessorize your monsters. 
Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty cute touch. Have I you been say. doing it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, listener, uh, when you capture a monster, uh, you actually buy and find accessories throughout the game, and you can do things like catch a chocobo and give it a a hat. You can give it a blue mage hat or a red mage hat or perhaps a little carbuncle doll that it wears on its head in battle. And that is adorable. Yeah, and you know, it you know, make make fun of what you will, but it just it's another thing to customize. Mm-hmm. And 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 it you know, it doesn't affect gameplay at all, but it's another f- fun thing you can do to set your own stuff apart from something else. Those kind of things I think are good for for games. I oh, think it's, gosh, yeah. I think that kind of customization is is good because it just adds just another level of something to do for fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, have you gotten any additional outfits? No. Because there you've seen the outfits part of the menu, right? No. Near the, there there are alt- well, okay. Well, let me explain it. There are alternate outfits for the two main characters. Uh, in fact, one of the GameStop... Where did you pre-order from, by the way? I didn't pre-order. Oh, okay. See, um, I pre-ordered from Amazon, so I got Omega, which is a downloadable boss that you can fight in the Coliseum, who, you know, wrecks me four seconds into battle. So I'm not going to be able to beat him forever. Like, wrecks. Like, yeah, it's stupid. Uh, it, it's a weapon, you know. It's a, it's a weapon. Anything with Omega, Ultima, or Ruby in front of it, it's going to pr- be difficult. You pretty much know you're screwed, right? Um, in a Final Fantasy game, anyway. Uh, but the pre-order bonus for GameStop was an alternate costume for Sarah, who's the main character you play as. Um, so in my menu screen, for whatever reason, the outfits option pops up, and you can select Noah or Sarah. But I don't actually have any other outfits, so I don't know if that's going to be downloadable content or something that you unlock later in the game. And the other thing I'm wondering is I wonder if there's going to be either a hard mode that you unlock after you beat the game or some kind of new game plus when you beat the game. Because it does have to do a lot with time travel. Now, a new game plus would be something of a waste because it's so easy in the first place, obviously. But I just, you know, who knows what's in store after we beat this game, John? I don't think that you're going to see New Game Plus, and right. the, the the reason is because I think that the continuation of the game is going to be collecting the shards, mm-hmm. and then I also think that the um, continuation of the game is you can, I don't know if you've seen this, but you can lock times after you complete them, and yes. basically redo them I if saw you want. That. So, yeah, I mean, you could just redo whatever you want over and over again, so that's why I don't necessarily think there's going to be a New Game Plus, mm-hmm. but you know, I've I've sit I've sat here and harped on the on the difficulty of the game and stuff and and I, I don't want I don't want our listener to think that I I dislike the game because I I you know I I don't like the difficulty but there are some things that I do like especially compared to Final Fantasy 13. Yeah, you tell me something you like about the game now. I like these new systems that they put in the game. I like the the monster system. I like that the Crystarium is uh a little more there's a little more choice involved. It's not that's not just a line that you're going across, you can choose to level up different roles uh, kind of on the fly. Really? Let, I, I have to stop you there for one second because I hate the new Crystarium. Really? That is my number one complaint about the game is that it's... you. So in every other Final Fantasy game, you there are different paths you can take and you know what you're going to unlock next, but you can't even see what bonuses you're getting when you when you level in this game 
Well, you can see you can see what the next ability you will unlock is well, at the what next skill, yeah. Right, at what level and and a level that that you're going to unlock that at. And you know one of the one of the things that I like is that they have large and small nodes on on the crystarium and depending on the role that you level for the large nodes gives you a bonus that is related to the role that you pick to mm-hmm. level in that in that in that area. So I think that gives you a far deeper sense of of customization. The fact that you can choose what your bonuses are. And the bonuses are like one-time things. So your characters at the end of the game are going to look different than my characters. And I that's in my opinion that's a good thing. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That that makes sense. That makes sense. So that's interesting. So, yeah. So anyway, that that's I do like the new Crystarium. I like the monster system. Um, I I like the I like the idea of time travel more than I think I like the execution of it. And maybe you'll feel differently about it as you as you progress in the game further. Because mm-hmm. um, I know right now you like it, and I liked it a lot too. I think that there's more they could have done with it than what they ended up doing with it, I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that there are some distractions apart from just the the main quest now. I mean, in Final Fantasy thirteen, it was play the game for 20 hours, and then you open up this world where there's one type of side quest. It's, it's go out and hunt marks yeah. go out and, hunt, and hunt monsters. That was it. I mean, that was your one side quest. At least here, there's, there's a casino that you can go gamble at and do chocobo racing, and granted, that's two things in an entire casino what the fuck kind of casino has two games to play but anyway <laughs> well, anyway it reminds me of vegas it's basically slot machines everywhere right. anyway so i mean that's that's like a, a nice a nice little welcome distraction there are side quests that people will give you most of them are just fetch quests but it's at least a, another distraction from the main quest i like that i i, I think that they're they were trying you know mm-hmm. and and that's good um i think that the dialogue is a lot more natural, a lot less forced. Oh, okay. Uh, I think people sound like real people in this game, which was a huge criticism of mine for 13, was I didn't think any of those people seemed like real people at all. Mm-hmm. They just seemed like video game characters. At le- I mean, at least in this game, I, I get the sense that these are actual people that that are talking. So... So that as well. And I like the live trigger events. Now, yes, let's please are, talk about that. So what these are in the game is they are purely story related options of dialogue for you to say. So one of the things in, that 13 didn't have at all was any kind of options in terms of of how the story went. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 13, too. Uh, certain things will happen uh, throughout the course of the story, and you'll be given four options of things to say. Typically, uh, it's either four or sometimes they, it's only two options. But you're, you're given options of things to say, and depending on what you say, it can actually make the story progress in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also given rewards, and I don't know. There's no explanation as to how the rewards are dished out, but you get random rewards for doing these live trigger talking stuff so but it at least gives you a like a license over the characters and that's what you want in a role-playing game i think i think you want a little bit of like oh this is a little bit of me getting injected into this character because this is what i would say in this particular situation mm-hmm. i don't know how you play the games when you get to make choices but that's kind of how i approach the the game usually yeah how you would do it i, I it's a combination of how i would do it in 
how yeah, the mostly how I would do it and how the character would do it. Sometimes, yeah. depending on if it's like a second playthrough for me, I'll, I'll, you know, maybe I'll shift into the character's perspective and be like, well, you know, she'd be really confused here, so mm-hmm. she'd say this. Anyway, I like those. Um, there's an inter- there's an interesting thing that they do. They they have. And this isn't spoiling because this is actually in the instruction manual, which I later read. But they have paradox endings, are what they're called. And at random points throughout the game, there are basically secret endings you can find hmm. to end to end the game. You are immediately placed back into the game where you were, and you can just choose to do the other thing that doesn't end the game. But you can see these these paradox endings, and I found one of those the other day too. I thought that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's just like, hey, the the story ends here, you know, if 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 your character did this, your the story would end right here, and this is what that ending would look like. So I like that too. Yeah. Um, right now, that's that's kind of all I got for what I like about the game, which is a shame. Yeah, um, it's very interesting that we seem to almost directly disagree about some of the things, but the cinematic actions are awesome, and let's not forget, um. The addition to cinematic actions during battle, in the forms of your monster. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, and I, I, I believe. Um, so your your third character is a monster, of course, and as you attack with that monster, they build a feral gauge, um, which basically means limit break. I mean, we've yep. all played Final Fantasy. It's the limit break. They they brought the limit break back into the game, which is great. Just for your monster. Yeah, yeah, just for your monster. But still, you you can. As soon as it's full, you can activate it any time. You can save it for 30 battles if you want. But you activate it, and then you have to do a cinematic action. You know, hit the left stick, then the right stick, you know, and then triangle. And then they'll do more damage based on how quickly you do it. And I think that's just wonderful. I, I think that that... Because as much as I love the paradigm system, because you're the conductor and not the instrumentalists, there's a degree of hands-off. You know, you can end up matching X a lot and occasionally changing paradigms, but that's about all you're doing. This this kind of makes it a little bit more active, which I like. Yeah, but but and that I agree with you in the, in the sense that it does add another piece of depth to the battle system. But I think where thirteen was absolutely at its best was when you got into one of those fights and you would be in one paradigm for two or three seconds before you'd have to change to a different paradigm, mm-hmm. and then. You know, you'd see a big attack coming from the enemy, so you'd change all your guys to sentinels just for that attack, and then you'd change out of that. Oh, paradigm. absolutely, yeah. I'm not I knocking mean, the paradigm system, but I like this additional element. Right, but I, but I think for me, the most enjoyment out of that whole system was flipping back and forth rapidly, which is just something that I don't get at all with this game. You know, yeah. So they take away um, something. Take one, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting that they took out was there. There used to be a, a tech like a a tech uh, gauge or something in Final Fantasy thirteen. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was you had five points. And then there were different oh, abilities yeah. you could mm-hmm. there were different abilities you could use. Uh, one of them being like summon your 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 character summon mm-hmm. your Edelon, but it just your summon um, for a few points. But then there were things like Libra, there was like uh, Mass Revive Quake uh, Quake, which nobody ever used but <laughs> ever. You, you know there were there were a few options like that, and one of the things that they always did was they had they had Libra in the game, and that is what made your characters smarter when fighting enemies mm-hmm. because you would use Libra to investigate the enemies. It would basically fill out their your bestiary chart, and then based on what was in that character that uh, enemy's bestiary, 
your characters would do different stuff to that enemy. Mm-hmm. They just took that out completely. And now you just learn stuff about enemies as you fight them. That was a very curious design decision to me. Yeah, because I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. Yeah, that was very curious to me. Now, of course, you can use a Libra scope, which is an item that you can use to, to use Libra. But why not include the technique points? I, I just thought that was kind of odd. Yeah, and oh, and let me tell you something that frustrates me also about this game is the lack of of diversity in enemies is <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah, I I spent earlier today. I spent about forty minutes doing side quests, like thirty to forty minutes doing side quests in this one area, and I shit you not, there are three different enemies to fight in this area that you're spending 40 minutes in three different enemies and you can jump on a chocobo and you can ignore all of the battles, but the designers decided to take some fun out of the game by creating chocobos that, that I, I you probably haven't seen them yet. Maybe you have, but there are chocobos in the game that you have to pay a geishal green to jump on. And then they constantly eat your geishal greens as you're, as you're, on that what yes so what the fuck is the point of having the chocobo there if it's you basically you have a time limit on your ability to ignore combat what i mean yes what why yeah i know doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense i i mean i i have to pay geishal greens to get on them but continuously exactly and so the show so you know it it disincentivizes you from jumping on the chocobos and doing things faster <laughs> it disincentivizes you that seems like a that seems like a That's, word. It is now certainly. We podcasted, so it must be true. Yeah, absolutely. So it just it, like just baffling, just baffling design decision on that. But I, you know, then you just have to walk slowly instead of run on a chocobo to get stuff done. Yeah, it doesn't make any doesn't make any sense. You'll see it when you get there. You'll probably have a similar complaint about it. But the 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 fact is, is there were three enemies in this whole area. Three. And, you know, say what you will about 13, but there were hundreds of different kinds of enemies. And sure, some of them were just new skins on models, Mm. but they behaved differently, very differently. That's true. In this, there just aren't. There just aren't. There is not a lot of diversity. The bestiary is not nearly as diverse. That's true. Not not nearly. So um, that was one of the things that was very interesting about 13. And when it's not there, it, it makes the game... Again, less interesting. Yeah, I understand. Um, is, is in terms of the Geishal Greens, that is a pain that you have to use so many. Uh, but you can buy Geishal Greens, and I want to talk about the fact that you can actually afford to buy things in this game. Yes, uh, they do They do drop... Enemies do drop money at the end of every battle. I think that was probably a concession that was made... Uh, by the designers. Yeah, because you couldn't afford anything in Final Fantasy thirteen. Well, I think that, and and this is what some other Western RPGs do. And I think in order for a, a an economy of a made up world to make sense, it doesn't make sense that stuff is just dropping money as you kill it. Have you and ever probably, have you ever killed a person in real life? Well, you have to take their wallet, I suppose. Now, listen. Have you seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the movie? I have not. Oh, really? Oh, you've really? got to watch it. Well, whenever he kills somebody, they explode into a bunch of pennies. <laughs> because it's 
That's sure because it's made for video yes, gamers. Yes, of course. That's awesome. So that that's how I picture it in real life. Sure. Point point is 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 that I'm saying though is that I it, what they were probably doing is they were trying to make it more like oh you know it's it's a world where you have to go scavenge for stuff and then you sell it and then that is what you know what I mean that's that's what gives you your money. I mean yeah that and yes yeah whatever I don't know I I just like the fact that you get money because because you just couldn't afford anything at all in Final Fantasy 13. Like sure. it's okay if they don't give you a lot of money, but then make things cheaper so you can afford it instead of you're scrounging to buy like one potion, you know? It, I I disliked that and I it was a criticism of the first game that there was no there were no towns. There was no stopping point. You were just kind of running from place to place to place and you never had one of those like in Final Fantasy IV is a great example. Like you did a bunch of stuff, you did some dungeons, and then you ended up in a castle. And you talked a little bit, and you shopped, and you hung out, and then you went on some more journeys and adventures. In thirteen, you never stopped. You just ran from thing to thing to thing. And instead of a town, your save point was, you know, a ball that sold you shit. Which makes even yeah. less sense that you could order stuff from Amazon.com on Grand Pulse. <laughs> How does that make any more sense than dropping? It's like, yes, they went realistic by having monsters not explode into money, but you can have something shipped using Amazon Prime on the Grand Pulse where humans haven't been for hundreds of years. You got to pay a shit ton of money to get on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so I mean, like that was, you know, well, it was a deliberate. It was a deliberate design decision to not have towns because they were they were more focused on the story. And that, that's you know, fine. But I like in thirteen two that you do take a break and that you get money and it's like occasionally you can chill and talk to the the chocobo stripper fetish woman and you know other people and just sure. Sure. Now yeah. that being said, how many times have you changed equipment? Oh, very few. And I like that they simplified the equipment system, but they, they probably could have done a little bit more with it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's nothing to it anymore. There's nothing. Like, yeah, I, I mean, so what they, what they did, uh, listener, is they, in, in Final Fantasy XIII, you started off with one accessory slot. And as your characters leveled up, you would unlock more accessory slots. And the accessories were are arguably... Uh, one of one of the most interesting parts of of the equipment in Final Fantasy thirteen yeah. because the the stuff that they did I mean it was a completely wide array of of kind of extra stuff that they did for your characters and they were very important uh, a lot of times in some of the harder fights later in the game if you didn't have the right accessories on or you didn't have some good accessories on you you wouldn't fare well in the combat here. In this game, you are given a basically a carrying capacity, and that can be increased when you level up occasionally. But that carrying capacity, for instance, you starts at fifty. An accessory most likely takes forty to equip, so you can equip one accessory, and then you increase your carrying capacity by twenty, so you can still only equip one accessory. Yeah. And then you'll increase it by another 20. And maybe you'll get a second accessory at this point. But, but not if your first accessory weighs 50 or 60. Exactly. So, and some accessories go up to, I think, 75 or 80. Really? For, for the really good ones. So, yeah, I, it just feels like, it feels like my characters don't even need equipment. Like, they don't, and, and you know, I haven't changed anything about my equipment, uh, about my accessories, probably for, 
it's not the whole game. I don't even know what my characters are using right now. And you know, this is another case of one step forward, two steps back. Because I agree with that criticism, but they also at least made the accessories worthwhile. Because in the last game, I remember you could get an accessory that increases your day's resistance by 15%. Yes. And it's like, what? when will that ever come in handy? Ever. You'd have to... Well, but see... That being said, if you were going into a fight where a particular monster was using days to wreck you, you would put on that particular Of, of course, but 15%'s not a lot, and then you have to no. spend all of your money, which doesn't exist anyway, upgrading it. This game at least fixed that problem where everything increases your resistance by 66%. That's true. You know, and one of the things that I probably haven't discovered is um, it seems like there are more... One of the things that you could do in 13 is you could have a combination of items that would basically they would they would basically synergize with each yeah, other and linked. create create some sort of new ability that may make sense or may not make sense for the two items, but it didn't matter. Yeah. There was some kind of interesting item combination. It seems like they took that one step further uh, in that there are more item combinations now than there used to be. Mm-hmm. I've, I found that. Um, I found that. So uh, maybe I would find a little bit more interest, like interesting stuff, if I actually increase the capacity of my characters enough to equip a few items. I don't know. Point is, is like right now, I don't even fucking care about equipping stuff because I'm just tearing through everything. <laughs> Which you know, back to my main criticism of the game. So and and you know, I I only have one thing to say to counter that, and I know you don't like feeding that chocobo Gaishal greens, but let's at least agree. While you're on that chocobo, you're listening to the best music in the history of Final Fantasy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the the cho the the choco and we can start talking about music now too. That's the what cho- I want to do. The yellow the yellow chocobo music is good. I was the, actually being somewhat facetious because it's so ridiculous, but I do like it. Wait until you jump on one of these aggressive red chocobos. <laughs> it's a Heavy death metal chocobo song, what? and I'm not—I am not even exaggerating. It's—it. Oh my god! I wish, I wish, oh, I wish you had heard it. I wish you'd. I want you. I want you to contact me the moment <laughs> that you hear the song for the first time. I just sat on the chocobo. I just sat there and listened to. My mouth was fucking open. Just gape, gaping, gaping mouth open. Seriously. Just, what have they done? Yes. Wow. And so now we can talk about the music right. because... <laughs> Listener, go on YouTube right now. Search for Chocobo Death Metal. Chocobo Death Metal. You'll find it because <laughs> it'll be the music that's on when you are on the back of this show. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. It is the worst. It's the worst music. Um, you like the musical. I love the music. Tell me what you like about it. Okay. Uh, there are some tracks I dislike, obviously. I remember a, a major criticism of Final Fantasy XIII before the game even came out was, Nobuo Yamatsu's not doing the music. It's going to be crap. It's going to be stupid music. It's going to be bad music. It's like, dude, calm your bone, okay? It's, it's going to be fine. Um, and I and the music in thirteen was great, correct? Do we agree oh, on that? It was, it was beautiful. It was some of the best music. Yeah. I mean, it was some of the best music in, in, any, in any game that I can remember for a, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's one of the few games. Uh, just as an aside, it's one of the few games where I can remember the music very vividly mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. game, compared to other games that 
you know, the music is just kind of an ambient background yeah. thing. But I can very vividly remember the music from 13. Yeah, definitely. So um, they use a lot of vocals in this game. And, I mean, my favorite part at the start of the game was when you're just running around New Bodom and it's got this poppy, not super poppy, not like really, not like Britney Spears poppy, but this kind of poppy, just fun, techno-y beat going on with some nice vocals in the background. There's a lot of vocal tracks. I just think it keeps things moving forward. The, the whole game has an energy level to me that's a bit higher and faster paced than 13. And I'm I'm not criticizing 13 for its energy or pace or, or lack thereof, but but it has this higher energy that I I like. And I like this new like kind of feel where you're kind of drawn in and, and it's fast paced and they're throwing in vocals and things left and right. Um, there are two regular battle themes. And I like one a lot, and I cannot stand the other one. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember the battle themes, to be honest. Because oh, there's one that's like electric guitar, and it's like... And that that's stupid. But there's a different one that I can't even remember off the top of my head that I like more. And they just seem to arbitrarily use one or the other, depending on what time you're in. Maybe it's a time thing. I don't know. There's also and there's also real like that boss music when you first when you fought Gogamog that first boss that's embarrassingly bad. I know, and it's that's like this heavy metal again. It's like this heavy metal death metal thing going on, and it's the it's almost the same music that's on the back of these. Reg, <laughs> you need to jump on one of these chocobos right You're now. You're really into you, the chocobos. You you have oh my god! I just can't. Again, you'll contact me the moment that you. Jump you'll get on a text message from me the second I'm on a red chocobo. Yes, yes, you will. But but so, I like the song that you were talking about, in New Bodom. Mm-hmm. There are some other vocal tracks that I like, mm-hmm. um, but overall, I think that the soundtrack is kind of a miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I find it distracting. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, and so that. That's why I don't like it, is I find it distracting from what's going on in the game. And and that's basically the only criticism I, I can I can have for it, is that it's distracting. I mean, the, if the tracks were amazing, if they were, like, mind-blowingly amazing, that new Bodum one's great. It really yeah. is. It's a very good track. Mm-hmm. There's there's one in the... Uh, I can't remember the name of the place, but it's where you where you see snow. Spoiler. You've, uh, you just got to that to that part to that part uh i like that track too um but for the most part i don't like the vocal stuff okay i just don't think it's done well all right that's fair yeah well so another difference of opinion um you know have you played final fantasy 10 too no really i i think that may have a lot to do with first of all your expectations for this game um and second of all, your reaction, because I played Final Fantasy X too. Uh, it had so many flaws. It, the music was not good. There were maybe three tracks I liked out of that whole soundtrack. It's like they took Final Fantasy X and made a bad version of it. And a lot of people didn't like Final Fantasy X in the first place. They even ruined the bad... I mean, everything about that game was wrong. So going into this, you know, my thoughts are the only direct sequel Square Enix has ever done to a Final Fantasy game was not very good. And so when I played this, you know, my expectations were, were pretty low. And the fact that it 
retains so much of that original flavor and flair of Final Fantasy XIII and expands on it in certain ways. And in certain ways, some of the tweaks didn't work out as well. But the fact that it's retained so much of the goodness of that original game, I think, to me, um, is why it's a little bit more impressive, I guess. And I guess my expectations were I wanted more of Final Fantasy XIII because I was one of the people that really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. game. And um, I feel like... I feel like they've strayed too far mm-hmm. from what I liked about that game. Um, well, but but see, but you like it anyway, right? Yeah. I, the, like I said, the story's engaging enough for me to continue to play it and continue playing it till the end. And if there's one thing Square can do, it it makes pretty freaking games. Yeah. Like the game, the game is absolutely it's beautiful, ridiculously good. I mean, I'm watching the opening cutscene, you're just like, how is this yeah. a thing? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. Yes. So, so I mean, it, it's at least visually interesting. Yes. So the diehard Final Fantasy thirteen fans will love this game because it retains a lot of the original goodness, and and I I really like the callbacks to the characters and the follow up, and like I said, it's not like Chrono Cross where they kill the entire original cast and just like right. <laughs> throw some shit at you. Um. Uh. But if you didn't like Final Fantasy thirteen, you may want to pick it up anyway because. It's a good game. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a different. Yeah, exactly. They made enough and changes. Yeah, they made enough changes exactly. to where maybe you'll love it now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So that's, so. that's the bottom line. Oh, and I had one more thing to say about it. The two main characters are Sarah from the first game and Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, he the character design is holy crap. He is, is it Sora Kingdom from Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Period. And I, I refuse to call him Noel. Uh, like my roommate was watching me play, and he asked me a question. I was like, Yeah, I'll have Sora do it. He even kind of has those pantaloons that Sora wears, too. Oh, sure does. It's... Well, listener, you'll probably hear a follow-up to this game. Uh, if you haven't already got enough of it <laughs> from us talking about it, you'll probably get a follow-up to it next week. I assume I will be done with it and moving on to something else. A game that actually I'm really, really excited to start playing um, is Saints Row the Third, which I'll probably talk about next week. Uh, just to give you a little teaser, the... Uh, the tagline on the back of the box, this is a very adult game, by the way, which is probably why I'm going to like it so hmm. much. Uh, but the tagline on the back of the box is strap it on. Wow. So, and there, there are dildo bats. So uh, it should be a good time. I'm, I would say I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know if I am. We'll see. We'll see. I've heard. I've heard good. I've heard good things. And maybe you'll be done with Final Fantasy Thirteen too. I mean, as the proud owner of my own dildo bat. I don't want to see it misused in a video game environment. Mm, that's a good point. I think they'll treat it tastefully. Okay, that's... How, how else could you treat a dildo? That, that's... Listen, <laughs> listener, thank you very much for listening. It's true. Follow us on Twitter at EatPlayGame and at Producer Cody for John and Cody, respectively. And that was the end of it. That was the end. That was the end of it. That was the end of it.